Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special DF Direct weekly, or not so weekly, because it's a special episode. Yes, we're talking about the Xbox Game Showcase plus Starfield Direct today. Only We're only talking about the Xbox Games Showcase part first. We'll have a separate video covering Starfield because there's just so much to talk about. Uh, but for this video, I am joined by two of my wonderful colleagues of Digital Foundry, including Alex Batalia. Yeah, hey there, John. I'm coming at you from a different angle today in profile because this is the best way I can actually watch the conference with you while we talk about it. So That's yeah. right, because we're going to be watching stuff while discussing it because we're going to kind of go in order. But of course, we're not alone here. Over there in the GameCube, we got Oliver <laughs> McKenzie. Hey, John. Should be a fun conference to go over today. Yes, indeed. So Xbox promised a lot. And they always say, X go and give it to you. And I would say that they did a pretty good job of doing Rest just that. There was, yes, I know. Seriously. <laughs> oh, man. Bummer. But the conference was not a bummer. They did show a lot of cool stuff. Um, I mean, before we get into it, what did you guys think just as a general thing? Is this a top tier presentation? Were you happy? Disappointed? What do we got? I thought it was the best of the three presentations in my view. I didn't love the format. The developer direct from January, I thought was a really, really nice format. I would have loved to have seen more in-depth gameplay from a lot of these games if possible, right? Some of the games that are coming out a little bit sooner, especially games like uh, Forza Motorsport and um, and Hellblade 2, which have kind of been long in yeah. development and maybe are approaching the release dates. But in terms of the actual games that were shown, I think there was a lot of really interesting content and there was a lot of really cool stuff that was shown off. So in that respect, I think it was probably a little bit of a better showcase than the other two recent E3-like showcases we've seen. I agree. I agree. Now, yeah. Alex, I assume you feel similarly. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely of a similar... Th I think these were the of the three large AAA games showcases. This was one that had the most interesting games for me in terms mm -hmm. of just, like, the variety on show. There's a lot of variety here in terms of genre, yeah, which is nice to see. And, um, yeah, and uh, like Oliver's saying, I do prefer less and but more depth, but I'll take what we've been given at this point. Sounds good. So... Let's go ahead and get started here. We're going to run down through the show as it happened, check out each trailer and discuss what we think on them. And it starts off with a banger with the Fable reveal. So this is the first time we've actually seen real footage of Fable. And according to uh, the developers and the video itself, this is apparently running in engine or like genuine gameplay capture from what they're doing with the game, which frankly is impressive. They kind of kicked things off with uh, some impressive facial capture, I mm -hmm. thought. That kind of reminded me almost of something like L.A. Noir, but at a much higher fidelity. You know what I mean? And yeah, then it kind of cuts to various gameplay scenarios, I suppose. I mean, it's all framed like a cutscene, of course, but it seems to be all this in-engine stuff. Actually, I'm curious to hear your thoughts first, Alex, on this. 
Well, for me, uh, this is our first time seeing they're going to be using for this, as far as I understand, is using the Forza Horizon technology, which is an open world engine with a lot of cool modern rendering techniques. But we've only ever seen it within the context of racing games, yeah. uh, of those open world racing games specifically. And here, actually seeing it with like a more camera level, you know, eye you know smaller fov because you're not racing along slower paced you get to actually see all the detail that they can push there and it's really high in this trailer i mean we're not seeing what is like direct unfiltered direct capture of gameplay which is usually a different but even in this more directed sense we get a sense of what the game graphics are going to look like uh one thing i think i'm going to say just because richard's not here is they're saying it's captured in game as they say at yeah. the bottom, they say mm -hmm. in-game capture or something like that. But they don't specify on what hardware, which is one yeah. of the things, one of the transparency things that we really wanted out of this conference. So that's a bit of a bummer, and we'll talk it's more also about not, that later. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't call this gameplay. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's clearly like snippets designed to show the game running, I guess. But it's not like there is no person playing these sequences, as far as we can tell. It's, it's a cutscene, and that's yeah. okay. It's that's just okay. Uh, interesting wording there. Yeah, it is sure for sure. But rendering quality wise, this is this is really what I expected good, huh? of like current gen releases. That's what this looks like. Something that yep, definitely yep. would never run on an Xbox One or PlayStation Four. Exactly, and it's especially impressive given their previous work with the Forza Horizon character models. I mean, again, those are car games, right? But the character modeling quality in in Forza Horizon, I would always describe as somewhat unflattering, mm -hmm. <laughs> perhaps. So to see how far they've come is uh, pretty awesome. And uh, what do you think about this, Oliver? I thought it looked absolutely incredible, just the incredible density of the foliage, the lighting that uh, Rich Richard Iowad character <laughs> that they yeah, were showing yeah. off. Really, really impressive stuff. But there is one big caveat, because this footage, to me, really seems like handcrafted cinematic footage. And some of the comments from some of the mm -hmm. artists who worked on this trailer do suggest this is like a custom bespoke sequence created for um, this this event and so it's really hard to evaluate exactly what is the state of the technology that's underneath it what is the state of that game it's hard to say without a presentation that's showing off footage that is clearly representative of the final product so i still think this is like a tba kind of game unfortunately but i will say that thematically this the thing that caught my attention, of course, was with Richard Ioad turning out to be a giant <laughs> and the character sort of invading his home as a small person. And uh, that right there, I think, is very interesting conceptually from a gameplay standpoint or like the potential for what they could achieve there. Because uh, honestly, I don't know how you guys feel, but I never I did not really <laughs> like the older Fable games. Like, I didn't like the way they looked. I was not a fan of the way they, they played. It never appealed to me at all. And this, on the other hand, is extremely appealing and quite different from that, uh, which is actually, you know, cause for excitement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, like you, I thought like the binary evil versus good stuff in the old Fable games was I mean, it was. And I also just the, the humor back then, it was just not for me. It didn't me. work for me. It did. Yeah, it totally I, I fell flat it. for me. Like the, they make, they almost make light of some of that with like the, the chicken 
punting <laughs> that we see in the trailer, which is which was actually humorous because you know you can kind of get a sense that I imagine that like as you're doing these world things, you, there's a lot of NPC interactions in the background. Plus, with the, like commenting Fable on One back in the day, the thing that always bummed me out about that, and I always I nicknamed it Lodo back in the day because there were so many loading screens and they were all so long, oh, yeah. and, and like it felt like everything was segmented into these like little loaded chunks. And I found that really kind of broke the world flow that they were going for. Obviously, mm-hmm. that won't be an issue here. So uh, needless to say, I'm very happy that Playground Games is doing this because I think they're possibly one of the absolute best studios that Microsoft has mm-hmm. right now. Like these guys are very talented. They've done amazing work on the Horizon series, and I can't wait to see what they do with uh, Fable. But uh, that was a way that was a great way to start off the show. And then they continued with another game that. So this is one that I believe they labeled in-engine footage, which is usually just a sign of, well, it was rendered with the game engine, possibly Unreal. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it's it's actually like a pre-recorded, captured movie running from that. So, and they're they're not trying to show the gameplay here either, but the visual style of uh, South of Midnight—that's the game we're talking about—looks mm-hmm. really good. I think, like, I really like this. It's it's got a bit of that. Uh, Spider-Verse flair to it with the animation without any sort of interpolation between frames, which gives it a really cool look. I actually like that style of animation, so I'm happy to see it here. Uh, And we don't really know anything about the game, just that this is a really nice-looking trailer. Like, I don't know. What what do you guys think? There's not much you can say about it other than that. uh, There are actually screen space reflections in the trailer that's the only thing other thing i noticed <laughs> technically about it uh but it's one of these things about whenever you do decimated animation it's a question of how does it actually play into the gameplay because it could uh it could be visually frustrating in those moments when you um because if you think about it you're not getting the exact same animation rate as the the real frame rate so right it could feel sluggish or it could feel really snappy it just really depends on how they actually do it here i'm curious to see it what it if it applies to even gameplay at all, is the gameplay actually have this decimated yeah. animations? Like, I don't like know. Hi-Fi Rush uh, went heavier on that in the cutscenes, right? But then mm-hmm. you have something like the the Guilty Gear games, like starting with Exerd and all the other things that Arc System Works has done with that, where the gameplay is designed to mimic 2D sprite work, where it's just per frame animation, and they kind of duplicate that, and it works despite the 60 FPS scrolling background. So, I do think it's harder to do in a 3D world where it's you have full camera control it can look a little bit weird like uh, agreed do you remember the game sable yes the it was a beautiful game aesthetically but in motion i think it looks terrible they <laughs> tried to duplicate this style and it doesn't really work in that game mm-hmm. uh it just ends up feeling kind of choppy so i mean i don't know what you think oliver but i mean outside <laughs> of commenting on the visuals here there isn't really much more to say well, I, I went through this one uh, frame by frame briefly, and all the character animation seems to be done on twos, at least for the cinematic sequence. So it's running at 15 mm-hmm. FPS in this 30 FPS footage, which is very similar to what you saw in a lot of Hi-Fi Rush, right? That was running mostly at 15 FPS for the, yeah, for yeah, the character yeah. animations. But I hope, like Hi-Fi Rush, that for the gameplay, they would just have full rate <laughs> animation because it is and- weird, you know. I'll be curious to see what the game is, too, because this studio, Compulsion Games, they previously worked on Contrast, which was a PS4 launch game, which I thought was pretty interesting. But then they did that We Happy Few game, which had conceptually some interesting ideas, but it ended up being this weird, like, randomized thing. And I ended up not, I didn't really like it very much, despite that initial showing being very impressive. 
So it's kind of wait. It's I'm kind of in a wait and see with this game. Mm-hmm. Wow. As I assume everyone has to be because we don't know anything else. We literally yeah. don't know anything. Else. I do like how they made all the characters and all the environment kind of look like a wood carving. If you notice that, like all yeah. the little squirrels. Yeah, yeah. And the, That's you know, cool. That's cool. And then the like protagonist, presumably of the game, is rendered in a stylized style, but more realistic. I think that's exactly. a really cool stylistic choice. I'm excited to see where they go with it. But again, this is just a very limited sampling of what they might end up achieving. Precisely. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then speaking as to where we're going next, we're going to talk about the next trailer, which is a massive game. Literally, it's Ubisoft Massive, and it's a new game, <laughs> uh, a Star Wars game specifically. I've heard rumors about Ubisoft and Star Wars for a while now, and it's interesting that so many different publishers seem to be able to work on the franchise, which, you know, it kind of correlates with the way Disney's been. They've been very loose with uh, Star Wars lately. Possibly to the to the detriment of the series, I would say. But still, I'm always interested to see what companies might do with this. And this one, they showed a trailer, just a pure cinematic trailer. But then at the end of it, I think they promised that, oh, there will be some gameplay shown at the Ubisoft Forward event. So we should very quickly see what this game's about. But for now, I mean, I know... Alex, you're a big fan of Ubisoft Massive and their technology. Me as yeah. well. And I'm sure Oliver as well, really. it's They've done some amazing stuff with Snowdrop. There's no reason to doubt this won't also be using Snowdrop. Um, yeah. So what do you think? Uh, here, I think the one thing I did notice, I saw this comment online, that uh, it is very Star Wars in terms of just the beats. And I almost to its own detriment, where you're like a young rebelish person with yeah. a, like a furry sidekick and you're like... You know, sc- scrappy. Everything's so scrappy. You're all scrappy. Yeah, and you know, like it is a little bit. We've seen this before. It is almost like this could literally just been in the the female equivalent character of something you've seen in the new recent Jedi Survivor, almost in terms of just like visuals, uh, which is interesting. Like, but like Cal, <laughs> like Cal. It's like Cal, but you know, no mullet, no beard. Um, and here, though, visually. The one thing I want to call out is we don't know if this is pre-rendered CGI yet. It's really impressive visually, like really, really, really impressive visually. So if it were pre-rendered CGI, I wouldn't be so surprised. But there is a frame or two in here that caught my eye in terms of being perhaps real-time rendering, or maybe it's just like an unfinished render that they left in there. But there's that one minute and eight seconds, there's a shot of some stairs and the stairs have aliasing on them, which is a little bit weird for a pre-rendered cinematic. Um, but that is the only thing that caught my eye otherwise because this is once again just the trailer it's to give you a sense of what the world is it actually doesn't contain any gameplay that we can see so well i mean this could be one of those things where they just rendered out a scene using a game engine as well like i don't know yeah right and yeah same thing It, it is this to me does not look like it represents the actual visuals we'll see in the game, but mm-hmm. maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe by the time this video goes live, they will have already shown it and we'll look like a bunch of uh, doofuses over here. <laughs> Except Oliver. I don't know. Oliver, what do you what do you think of this one? Well, I mean, it, yeah, it's hard to say. I'm, I'm definitely inclined to uh, lean towards at least that this is not going to be representative of the final product, because if it is and if they're able to maintain that quality throughout that would be a really uh, stunning achievement. I'm sure we can all agree. Like yeah. this looks incredible. I did a little bit, bit, a bit of research into this, and apparently Lucasfilm reported in 2021 that Massive was working on an open-world Star Wars game using Snowdrop. So it does seem like it's using Snowdrop. If if it, if this is based on Snowdrop in some capacity, it's uh, hugely evolved in a way that's not really recognizable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. 
Yeah. So, and then we had uh, the conference kind of continued. We had this uh, interesting moment, I guess, speaking to the fans with that triumphant music playing, uh, which is, you know, it's kind of like the typical... I guess this is when it became clear that we're just watching a pre-recorded show, which I already knew, but you know, you see people in the theater and I, I do kind of miss that stage presentation that you would get. And we got kind of a hint of it here. Uh, but then they quickly moved on to a new game from the creators of spirit fair. Have you guys ever played that? No, no, it's a really, it's a cute, clever little game. I actually first saw it back at E3 2019. It's come out since, but it was, uh, it's neat to see that these guys are up to something else and they've persisted with this sort of hand drawn animated kind of style. And the game is called 33 immortals, uh, perhaps the sequel to 99 nights. <laughs> we'll I don't know. See. The prequel. No, I don't Divisional know. It looks like a prequel. Yeah. It looks like a top down action RPG kind of game, maybe even Diablo ish. I don't know, but, uh, it seems to support what is, did they say 30, three or 32 players oh my gosh yes. uh simultaneous co-op and seeing <sighs> all these individual sprites running around in the environment together it's uh it's interesting i've not really seen something quite like this i don't know what you guys think though i mean it gives me a, like the if you ever raided in an mmo it could oh, yeah. maybe have that bit of a feel like where you have different people doing different tasks and you talk about it in a party which would actually if it's a game just based all, all on raiding that's actually a pretty cool idea because that's yeah. one of the most fun parts of MMOs. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know what the type of gameplay is beyond that, but it did look fine visually. I was fine with it. There's parts where you're like, wait, is this like multiplayer vampire survivors or something? Because <laughs> it's just like countless hordes flooding the screen, magic attacks popping off. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, hmm. Mm. one thing I would like to see is like a the ability to zoom the camera like way out see the whole battlefield you know kind of like that castlevania hd game if you remember the multiplayer no, one that they did where you would be running around the castle in multiplayer and you could actually zoom the whole castle out and see the entire level map at once and you're like just a few pixels high but the game oh, was still cool, active man. it was really neat i wouldn't mind seeing this there but you know that that was that and then so this was the weird this was probably like I would say, I don't want to say worst, but this was the part of the conference, the the Star Wars pre-rendered trailer, 33 Immortals, and then what followed was Payday 3, and you're kind of like, huh, this is a strange direction to go, before it sort of popped back up again. And yeah, mm -hmm. Payday, Payday, I guess, is, um, this is from Starbreeze, isn't it? And the Payday series is one I'll admit I am ignorant on. I have not really played it, given its multiplayer kind of focus. Uh, I previously loved Star Breeze's single player adventures. They've kind of moved on. I think Machine Games kind of embodies what Star Breeze was at one point. Yeah. yeah. And the current Star Breeze is more focused on the sort of multiplayer action. But I don't know. I mean, Oliver, when you see Payday 3 here, what are your thoughts? Are you like, I'm going to go play this immediately? Or, I mean, are you a Payday fan? Uh, I played a bit of Payday 2 because my friends were into it. <laughs> but, uh, this did not really appeal to me hugely. It also did not look dramatically different from to me, at least no. from what I've seen from Payday 2. It's Unreal Engine. It's not pushing out any visual boundaries. Not that it needs to, of course, as a multiplayer game. Yeah, it doesn't really scream to me that this should be front and center in a, in a showcase. Not super exciting to me, at least. Mm. Yeah, that, that's kind of the thing, I guess, is the fact that this was one of the first trailers they showed here. 
seemed a little bit strange, just a little bit out of sync with everything else. But honestly, I can't complain. You know, the series is popular. Most of the stuff in here is single player anyway. So it's nice that they brought something for people that want more multiplayer action, I guess. Alex? Yeah. So for me, this is a multiplayer shooter, but the, the only thing that caught my eye about it was that the trailer was encoded at 30. Once again, this is a thing yeah. that we'll maybe talk about later, but the, the feed is 4K60. That's great. We want all that. But encoding trailers as 30 FPS, unless the game was running at a pitch-perfect 30 FPS with a half refresh, re, half refresh rate V-Sync, there could be problems with that, and especially if you're showing off a multiplayer game that might have been recorded with something like... I know a lot of the... Sorry, I just noticed behind the scenes, a lot of these like multiplayer game trailers are recorded with like using NV Shadow Play or NV Share in the background from like a real play of all the players playing together, and you're going to get like that wobbly 60 hertz container yep. being pushed into a 31, and who knows what the frame are going to come out on the end here it was smooth which surprised me but it's also a multiplayer game and i don't think people are playing a multiplayer first person shooter at 30 fps there's no way that's going to be 30 right yeah there's no way people are playing a game like this so a little bit odd in that aspect i would prefer a 60 fps trailer uh but then the next trailer we actually got just that kind of (laughs) so before the show it was kind of i guess atlas themselves leaked this but persona 3 reload uh, Persona 3, the full Persona 3, is getting a full-on remake with modern technology. It looks overall great, although I was a bit surprised that all the exploration footage seemed to be running at, like, 50 FPS. So, like, for a game that looks like this, the performance isn't very good in, in this pre-release state. But again, pre-release state, we'll see. Uh, I like this series a lot, but I know someone that likes it even more. And it's, <laughs> he's sitting over there again in the GameCube, Oliver. Tell us about <laughs> this, because I think you were, like, extra hyped. Yeah, so this has been rumored for a while. Um, there was some leaked footage that came out earlier this year, and there were some rumors, I think, for about six months or 12 months prior to that, and obviously got leaked by someone at Atlas <laughs> inadvertently a few days ago. So this is a Oops. full-on remake of, yeah, of Persona 3, of the original Persona 3. It's a f- complete remake with updated graphics, reworked events, new cutscenes, new writing, new voice acting, top-to-bottom remake. Um, visually speaking, I think the character models look great. And l- like a lot of Atlas's games, the real star of the show, I think, is the 2D work, like the menu animations, yeah, the yeah, character yeah. models. That's all super stylish. It's really, really cool. Um, there's some stuff in here that's more of a mixed bag, like the environments. There's some good stuff, like I like the uh, classroom settings, which really come quite close to the original PS2 work and the P- uh, Persona 3 Portable work. But in some other areas, you really notice just a distinct lack of ambient shading and just a very simplistic-looking lighting, um, in, mm-hmm. like in the dormitory and areas like that. And it didn't look so flattering, and then some of the texture work didn't really appeal to me, like in the beach area. So... I am concerned about that. It does not seem like there's any ambient occlusion or anything like that. And I really think that they should consider <laughs> something like you know, that. You know, still, like, when you look at a trailer or a game like this, you, sometimes I have to reflect back on the types of stuff we cover here on DF. And I'm like, I'm just trying to imagine people sitting in a room talking about, like, does Persona have good ambient occlusion? <laughs> I mean, they should. Don't get me wrong. But, like, it just feels so out of sync with what they're trying to do here and it's Mm -hmm. funny to kind of dissect the visuals on a game like this in a way like that you know what i mean like it just it's it's a funny thing yeah we have a different eye and sometimes it's obviously out of step with what the whole entire purpose of a game is but that's what we're we're df i know i I know we are we are df uh i I agree with oliver like i actually really enjoyed all the 2d segments here um 
but it was interesting to see the lack of any sort of like secondary lighting although that wasn't like like blue it, a lot of it was just like blue gray secondary lighting mm-hmm. um so you know uh yeah, yeah i don't think the game has like a, a real-time time of day or anything like that so i'm a little surprised that they didn't say like oh let's do something different like Bates lighting yeah. for the the other scenes so um I, i'm really excited for it and, and they are taking advantage like they're using unreal engine you know uh, I presume four, although who knows these days it could be a, they could be building it on five. <laughs> um, yeah, who knows? Yeah, and, and they do have like motion blur in there. I noticed that they have a really nice, which is weird, a little weird. <laughs> like, I love yeah. motion blur, but it doesn't look right in here. It looks like a Unreal Tech demo kind of thing, just running around like a map you made. Yeah, and, and I also think that uh, the Persona games sort of benefit a little bit from like more of a staccato look and a sharper look because they're mimicking animes and mangas and whatnot so that's that's actually where i feel it falls a little bit short like you look at stuff like uh again the arc system works animation or hi-fi rush right with that decimated animation style and that like sharp cell shaded look like imagine a hi-fi rush style presentation for persona not the same art style but you know the persona art style art direction but with that sort of character modeling and animation and the fact that it's a, you know, it's a turn-based game, I feel like that would actually work extremely well since they could have full control over the camera yeah, and really right. focus on making those animations look slick. And I recognize Atlas isn't the kind of studio to necessarily do that kind of work, right? Like their games are usually behind technically, but still it feels like a missed potential here. Yeah. yeah. Always with any game that's inspired by manga or Japanese animation, you always wonder like, should you really be doing like all these things that are like present in three traditional 3D render games, or should you go for something that is more inspired by the 2D? And that's in, you know. yeah. And in fact, in some ways, looking at this, I I still feel like Persona Five is the better looking game, and yeah. that came out on PS3. Yeah. So I I think in particular, like a lot of the environment, I, I don't know. I'm hung up on the environmental artwork for some reason. I agree. Uh, but it doesn't doesn't it does not look great yeah. for what you would expect from a full remake. So it gives me really like the environmental artwork reminds me of D4 if you've ever played that. Like uh, oh, it's pretty, pretty D4, old. Dark Dreams Don't, Don't die. die or something. Yeah, it really reminds me of that. Like, and I, I'm not saying that to be flattering. So um, yeah. <laughs> <It's> yeah. A... <laughs> All right then. Uh, <laughs> so that's Persona still. Still cool. I'm sure it's going to be a good game. Uh, it's a huge get from Xbox, but not as big as one that's coming up. Uh, but still, nice to see it. Mm-hmm. This was then followed up by Avowed from our good friends at Obsidian, I believe. And this is a game that was announced quite a long time ago. I think we saw some shots of it in the past as well. And visually speaking, it looks rather different compared to that. It seems to have taken on a more stylized... I would almost describe it as Sea of Thieves-esque at points. Like not quite that far, but it, it kind of more resembles that. It's like Sea of Thieves is a little bit more detail, perhaps. I don't know. What do you think about that, Alex? Uh, for me, so I don't want to say this fell flat, but Avowed originally when it was showed off was like a first-person cinematic, mm-hmm. totally pre-rendered. Um, but it was like, it reminded me of like Sword and Sorcery Dungeons Dark foreboding magical but like maybe low magic like low fantasy and here this looks actually really different it almost seems like high fantasy a little bit more playful whimsical tons of colors and saturation uh and none of that other thing that we saw really um and i'm still not exactly sure what type of a game it is uh because the games that these people make are like 
open world light hubbish yeah. kind of games, which is cool. Uh, which is cool, which is what we like, but it's obviously from the trailer, it's hard to get a sense of how big the world is, whatever it is. And I just think this, I don't want to say pile on the game and say it looks bad or something like that, but I think showing off that initial trailer was a mistake because it shows off like just two disparate art styles and two different expectations for maybe visual quality. Showing off a pre-rendered thing and getting people hyped up about the next Xbox exclusive, whatever. And then the game comes out and looks quite different. It could lead to disappointments, and I think they should have just showed it off like this and waited. There was no reason to show it off so early. Yeah, but hindsight's twenty twenty, so mm-hmm. that's always yeah. the trick with this stuff. And I suspect Microsoft has learned a lesson about showing stuff too early these past few years. And I think we're finally getting back on track with these games starting to reach the point where they're closing in on, on the finish line, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Oliver... Yeah, I mean, I did like at least they presented it at 60 FPS, which suggests that might be the target of the Xbox versions, which would be nice to see, I suppose. Uh, this well, is, I mean, it, well, it was kind of wasn't exactly 60. Well, parts of yeah. it, maybe. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, and this is, again, one of those titles that is Unreal and is, according to developers, Unreal Engine 5. Um, I didn't necessarily see great evidence of Unreal Engine 5 from this trailer. And I think there is a bit of credential inflation when it comes to Unreal Engine these days, with everyone now claiming five. I don't think anyone says Unreal Engine before, practically. Um, mm-hmm. it, in terms of what they showed off, yeah, I, I do think this might be more of a hub-based game or a smaller scope game, just based on what Obsidian has done in the past. It does remind me a lot of Skyrim, and it has that kind of same almost floaty feeling to the combat, I think. So I hope they can um, do something interesting there. And it does sound like they're going to have like guns and a more varied combat system and that's going to be a big focus so hopefully they do something interesting with that but yeah i'm not quite sure what to take away from this at the moment just kind of a wait and see if you will very but i I mentioned the more stylistic uh, designs and that feeds right into the next trailer which we don't need to go into too much detail on but sea of thieves the legend of monkey island was announced I have a soft spot in my heart for Sea of Thieves. It's one of the only uh, games as a service, I guess you could say, that I've actually kind of enjoyed, especially early on when it wasn't clear what it was. Uh, <laughs> I certainly remember sailing the high seas with you, Alex. Yeah, we uh, had fun during your early that. days of DF. That, that was a long time ago now. It was. Jesus, yeah. That was your first real video, I think, right? Yeah, it is my first real video. I think it's like 10 minutes and 50 seconds long of me just saying like yeah it runs pretty well on pc it's pretty good good. yeah that that was hilarious um back in the day and that's why i think the original sea of thieves is so compelling because it does have that open sea gameplay with people taking up different roles on a ship that's fun it was fun um and this year i i mean i don't know i haven't played the game really since then at all so i can't really say what it's evolved into at this point in time but it's Churning away. Rare just has not stopped working on it since then. So uh, it's great to see them put out more stuff for it for people like like it. Yeah. I guess the weird thing is it was revealed today after the show that like Ron Gilbert, you know, basically one of the yeah. fathers of Monkey Island, didn't actually know this was happening, which I find is a little bit strange. Like he just hmm. released a, a new Monkey Island game last year, which is excellent, by the way. And I'm just surprised that somebody of that stature would be completely unaware this was happening. (laughs) I I don't know, Oliver, what's your take on this whole thing? Uh, That seems weird. I think this is cool. (laughs) I I like the older Monkey Island games. I played them uh, a lot when I was younger, 
This looks really, really cool, uh, and it's coming out soon, but technically speaking, it's just Sea of Thieves, which is excellent, but, you know, old, yeah, old yeah. hat, pretty much. I'd be curious mm. to see if they integrate the story stuff into the actual gameplay in a meaningful way. I guess or that's kind of the question, right? Yeah, or like if, if it's just, just cutscenes. Yeah. Right, if it's just a few cutscenes here and there, or if, like, you go to, you find Guybrush Streetwood and he gives you a quest to go to a place, uh, I mean... We'll, kill we'll, 16 we'll skeletons. Go you kill know. 16 skeletons and come back, and then he congratulates you, and his pants fall down. Yeah. You know, that's, we'll see. I, but still, it's it's a free upgrade, at least, or a free path. So. Yeah, do it. All right. Um, this was then followed up by just some gorgeous-looking visuals in Microsoft Flight Simulator. I guess they're calling it officially Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024. That's so cool. is this like a sequel to Microsoft this, Flight Simulator? Yeah, this is actually, I think this is them going back in time and saying, we should, like, back in the day, there were obviously expansions to Microsoft's right. Flight Simulator, but then they would also do re, you know, new installments with new names and new years. Mm -hmm. And this new is years. going back to that, and that's really cool. Uh, I think that's great because it... This trailer, for me, I think the original game is really, really gorgeous, and it still is, but they've been kept, kept updating it over time, and one thing that this trailer shows off really well is that they seem to have gotten down, like, micro detail in the world yeah. on, like, the, the camera level a lot better for, maybe it's bespoke, um, kind of like the way they, they do their cities, um... If you know how they do that, they actually update cities with like non procedurally generated things over time. They've right. been updating, like they did like last year, like European cities and all these things. Um, and maybe this is a bit of that, or it's actually them having improved their procedural drawing system to a level where you could actually have like a randomly generated helicopter rescue mission on the side of a mountain. And literally almost any mountain in the game could look like that now, which would be super hella impressive. Uh, so that was the thing that caught my eye the most about this trailer. And I think gamifying Flight Sim is actually a really good idea. Like it making is. it about like, because people buy these simulator games on Moss and having it actually have a goal other than just fly around and go from airport to airport and sightsee is actually really fun. I think I would play the game more as a result of that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I kind of feel like maybe this is going to do a little bit of it, but I, in my head, I've always dreamt of them taking the work they did on Flight Simulator 2020 and essentially making the Horizon equivalent, right? Mm -hmm. Like Flight Simulator Horizon, where it has that fun vibe of Forza Horizon. It's much more arcade style gameplay, you know, faster flying, maybe a little bit of... Uh, pilot wings in there if you will please like take that as a foundation and build a different sort of game on top of it and i think you have an absolute winner and maybe this is doing some of that but i guess we'll see given the it's still very clearly flight simulator right mm -hmm. not yes. a not a branch of some other concept so i don't know oliver what did you think one thing i did notice in the trailer uh beyond the focus on all these activities which is uh, an interesting spin I, I didn't expect them to go there but it's interesting is i did notice in a couple of shots uh the reflections there were a couple mm. instances where it was quite clear that they were reflecting off-screen elements like uh, the plane was taking off and you see the landing gear but the landing gear is clearly reflected from a different perspective than the, the yeah other. we we call those Planer reflections. <laughs> Sorry, I'll see myself out. Yeah, just leave this call right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, that's very true. Yeah. That's very true. Um, and yeah, it was it was reflecting from a different angle than the game camera. And when the pilot is in the air and you see those reflections in the cockpit on the transparent glass elements uh, without any clear uh, occlusion problems, 
Uh, I think that's pretty decent evidence of ray traced reflections, and I, I kind of see that in a, in a few different shots. So I'm curious to see if that's what they've done here. They do say in the blog post they've implemented some new graphics technologies without specifically name dropping ray tracing. But um, yeah, yeah, good point. I, I didn't spot any kind of SSR issues to my eyes, and then there was some off-screen elements. So I'm curious if if that's what they've done. So for this, I've. It's been a while since I covered Flight Sim, but one thing that they've done in the past, and it tripped me up before, is that they do in the airport locations and hangars, they do put in planar reflections. Yeah, that's, oh, that's and in the cockpit, and in some planes, in some planes, not all, they have real-time cue maps. But yeah. So I mean, would I love for them to have RT reflections? Yes. Do they have them? I'm gonna say it's like 50-50 okay. as a result of them being so as as a result of the, result of them using other tech that is confusing at times. Uh, but other than that, but they announced they would have covered, uh, they would have ray tracing at some point, like two years ago at this point in time. Yeah, right. Uh, so it's Anything's been a possible. while. Anything's possible, then I would say, especially on glass surfaces where things like cube maps fall apart, I think, way quicker. Exactly. Right maps, so. But in yeah. a nod to the classic Forza Horizon 2 presents Fast and Furious, they've done another movie tie in here, uh, yeah. this time with Dune because the next part of the Dune films, uh, the reboot of Dune, will be coming out in December or late November, I guess. Uh -huh. when, when did they say that? But either way, yeah, November 3rd. Yeah. Okay, so, ooh, I can't wait. Uh, but yeah, they actually showcased some capture of this, I guess. I mean, I don't know how that... I assume this is a separate thing that they've integrated into the game where you basically visit this planet instead of Arrakis or whatever, and uh, <laughs> yeah. fly around in the empty and, desert yeah and that and, or uh, no thopter which is always a great word i i uh, hope they allow you to uh you know i uh, i don't even know what to say about this like what what, <laughs> what is this what would you do in this exactly because the environment of dune is beautiful as a backdrop for a film and some of the architecture that that's built on top of that is extremely cool but as like a place to fly around I mean, it's, conceptually, like, there's not much there. <laughs> uh, the thing that's interesting is this would be one of the first times we would see their tech be applied to non-real locations. Because their, their game is all based upon, like, maps, big data maps from whatever, and then they simulate the world on top of that by populating it with, like, procedurally generated stuff. And here would be the first time we see, like, oh, these canyons are just made up. Arrakis is a made-up planet. Uh, so really what cool if, but what do you do in it i have no idea what if they got like data from the film where they're just like here's our here's our like model scenes that we use for some cgi sequences translate, I, be, translate the assets into the game that'd be awesome because you know <laughs> they have those assets as real 3d models and i right? was actually wondering whether or not the ornithopter is actually like a like a version of the same thing from the film because it yeah. is it's directly this you know the villeneuve art style so it could absolutely be so I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and check it out. I am curious to see where that goes and what it becomes, but it's nice that they're doing another one of those tie-ins. Uh, but then we move to our next game, and this one, I will say, this was probably the biggest bummer of the showcase for us, mm -hmm. and it's uh, Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. I say bummer, not because what they showed looked bad. It didn't, but there were a couple issues with the presentation, but more importantly, for a game announced in 2019... I feel like this trailer actually showed the least 
about the game compared to every prior trailer, including the 2019 trailer. It's <laughs> basically just Senua crawling out of a little cave thing, walking forward for five seconds, and then another cutscene. Dude, John, I bet if you were to count the pixel color variation here, it would be like more than 50% black. It was, you, like, there <laughs> or, was... Or there... gray in the original showcase. When oh, was... yeah, you can talk about that, Oliver, please, like... Yeah. Let's talk about the technical issues. Yeah, yeah. So, so in the Xbox showcase, well, there are a couple of technical issues. The first one that is yeah. present in all versions is there's some stuttering, uh, some significant stuttering and some issues with the, I don't know if it's the frame pacing or the frame rate, it, it, just, it just does not look right. But there's also uh, an issue that's specific to the footage that everyone saw in the Xbox showcase, which is that the black levels were seriously elevated. It did not look yep. right. Uh, I spotted this on my TV. I, I know it must have been awful on an OLED, truly awful on an OLED. Yeah, that's where I was watching. I was like, yeah. wow, it's But it's fine in the actual finished upload. The separate upload, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's fine, yeah. fine in that version. And I mean, again, what's here technically looks still looks great. And I expect it to be a beautiful game for sure. I'm just still kind of confused as to what this game is going to be. And I'm surprised that we're you know, like four years out, basically. And we still don't have an idea of that. What right? the gameplay even is. And I mean, the original yeah. game, the whole purpose behind developing that was they wanted to create a game that felt like a big AAA title, but on a smaller budget and a shorter time frame, right? And they succeeded, I would say. But this taking so much longer and having the backing of Microsoft behind it directly, I would assume that they're creating something a bit more ambitious. And mm -hmm. that prior gameplay trailer kind of hints at that in terms of scale. But uh, I guess I'm just impatient to see more of this vision. The one caveat here, though, to keep in mind is that they did some specify that this game is going to be included in sort of the extended showcase that will be following in the next days. So maybe even by the time that has happened, what we're talking about here will have already been kind of old news and we've seen more of the game. That's what I'm hoping for, but we don't know for sure yet, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, one, one other technical aspect I want to talk about is I saw some discussion of whether or not uh, we're seeing like really high, rough, really good looking ray trace reflections here. And I think based upon what we know about Lumen currently is that these are probably planar reflections shown off from the trailer when she looks in the, the pond yeah, of right. whatever gooey water. I don't know what it was, actually. Um, but like there, like because usually you don't get such like super awesome texture detail no. or like shadows and lighting and ray trace reflections in modern the, console games so we should take people yeah. on a tour through the surface cat surface cat <laughs> so they get a sense of what actually you're seeing it's like ah yeah exactly right, yeah although obviously i mean hardware lumen definitely improves things right yeah so, for sure it does Could, yeah still, it still uses a surface cache though so it still we'll uses see. a surface cache so you usually don't get that level of because because the reflection here looks basically perfect, perfect. Yeah. yeah which is yeah. what you can do with a planar reflection mm -hmm. right uh, it's just that planar reflections are expensive in their own way, and they're really only applicable towards flat surfaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can't, you know, the benefit of RT is everything can reflect. Uh, with a planar reflection, it's it's very specific for like a shiny floor, like a flat body of water, something like that, which is what they're doing here. So, uh, but either way, we'll keep an eye on that showcase and see where they go next. I believe. Let's keep let's keep on going. This this one, I'm man. What a weird trailer, but I love it. It's uh, it's, it's the, totally bizarre. It's great. It's the it's the next game in the Ryu Gagotoku series, which is like a dragon, uh, infinite wealth. So it seems that uh, they've shifted over to Hawaii, 
from what I can tell. And Ichiban, the main character from the prior mainline installment, uh, he wakes up naked, showing off his butt to the crowd. <laughs> Everybody's excited. But then he's like basically walking around the beach and a bunch of uh, American tourists are also kind of like in shock at what they're seeing. So it's basically like an isekai kind of game, but set in Hawaii. Yeah. And very, the fact that they were all speaking English kind of excites me because Ichiban doesn't speak English, right? And if they <laughs> throw him into this world where he's only able to speak in Japanese and he's like trying to find his way and however this ties into the story, there's a lot of cool potential there in terms of what they could do with that storytelling. Because, man, the storytelling aspect of the series is just so, so good. Very fun. Um, but as far as tech is concerned, I mean, my guess is that this is still probably Unreal Engine, or now it's Unreal Engine, like the studio has uh, probably shifted over? What do you I think? think? I thought so that the bloom, the bloom is the thing that just made me think like, oh, because I don't think their previous Dragon, Dragon Engine. Engine didn't have like like a normal bloom that you could just see like when you look at like the blue sky and it would just like furl out on the edges. And that's what made me think about this thing being unreal. Other than that, it's just, like SSR and, you know, Bokeh Depth of Field, like things that just Unreal comes with. And I wouldn't be surprised. It's very standard like Unreal Engine stuff, but honestly, yeah. it's not what we come to the series for. And uh, I'm sure it'll look fine. Fine yeah. enough. I am just a little bit sad to see it seems like the Dragon Engine's kind of on the way out. I mm-hmm. suspect they don't want to invest in upgrading it further. Yeah. Um, so I just hope it doesn't have any major Unreal technical hiccups. Ishin <laughs> was all right, though, I suppose. Yeah, yeah Ishin yeah. was good. And it, lo- it looked pretty good, too. Yeah, okay. Uh, so following that, then, uh, we got a Fallout 76 trailer. We don't need to say anything about this, do we? No, like, this is nah, just, I don't need to say anything. This, about this, this almost feels like a thing that just has to appear in these in these shows. And I know the, these games seem to make a lot of money, so I get it. And I joked on Twitter right when this was showing, like, what are the chances of the Elder Scrolls Online showing up after this? And <laughs> spoiler high. alert, it did show up two trailers <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. But the thing after. Uh, Fallout 76, that's actually what's mo- most interesting uh, for me is Capcom showed off a new game. And before they even showed the Capcom logo, they they sh- they did this flyover of like a rice field with reflective water. And I was like, oh, those look like RE engine reflections. Like SSR. <laughs> they do. <laughs> like that awful. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. that, and then the Capcom logo fades up and I'm like, oh yeah, of course. It's... So my first thought was like, oh, is this is this Onimusha? Because this looks hmm. this looks very Onimusha at first, but then they start to show the double characters, and I'm like, oh no, is this? I like Monster Hunter, but I don't need more right now. Is this more Monster Hunter? But it is not Monster Hunter either. It is Kunitsugami, Path of the Goddess. So it seems to be a new IP with a style similar to Onimusha, and it looks to be a character action game set in sort of a fantasy version of Japan, perhaps. I really like the visual aesthetic aside from the SSR. I mean, I don't know, Oliver, what do you think? Yeah, I think it looks awesome. Um, I think it looks really good. I don't have too much to add there. I just, I'm, I'm nervous about all the RE Engine foibles we tend to see in a number of uh, RE Engine games recently. So I hope that they can clean up the image quality and I hope that, you know, if someone at Capcom is listening, just do something with those reflections, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they have oh. RT reflections, but they've been like left to languish and not what? been touched ever since DMC5 or whatever. Right, but like 
that also presents a performance issue on the console. So like, I would like to see them perhaps uh, evolve their SSR at least, you know, like the yeah. SSR is just not good or, or even just replace it entirely. Like for bodies of water, for instance, don't use SSR like either planar, although that's still heavy or like a really nice cube map setup is still preferable to really broken SSR like that. Completely. It just doesn't look good. And I really hope those guys are listening and don't make that same mistake. But that's, <laughs> I love the RE engine. Otherwise, I think that it looks fantastic. It's very performant. It does a lot of things right. It's just that the way they handle reflections without RT is not good. Yeah, and but the, you know, like I think one thing that's impressive about Capcom is just the the wealth of games that they've been putting out recently, due yeah, to the, the fact that they have a stable tech base now. Apparently, they're really uh, on fire. So they're on fire. I'm happy to see something also that is not Resident Evil or like John, not Monster Hunter. I'm really happy to see something that's different. Yeah. Heck yeah. So there's that. And then this was actually followed up with what I thought was a surprisingly short, like really short trailer for Forza Motorsport, because, you know, we had that de developer direct earlier this year, which was, was, was a nice way to showcase the game. But with the release date kind of creeping up, I kind of expected a little bit more depth on this. Mm -hmm. uh, arguably, I guess they don't need to right now because they had other stuff to show. But Alex, I mean, what were your takeaway from this other than the fact that the reflections were updating at a low rate in a lot of the scenes? I saw that too, a little <laughs> bit confusing because they yeah, also I, showed off RT reflections at a couple points because you see the cars going yeah, by. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. I don't know. There's also some other tech things that was a little bit strange. Like when they show the, the, the garage upgrade area where you like actually tune your car. Um, like the image quality there was like really low, uh, like in terms of just pure resolution, which surprised me. So I don't know if like there's, if they were seeing Xbox footage where they're showing off different areas of the game and at different points in the game, we've seen it before where like the garage is 4k in gameplay, something else right. or the, the other way around. Um, so that surprised me. Another thing, I don't know what, I don't like the way they present Forza games in the aspect of they show footage that is quite obviously like photo mode cameras and we already know that they do things differently in photo mode so i can never trust what we're looking at unfortunately they say in game but it is not the same as like the in-game camera following the player because these games have like a photo and a follow replay mode where the graphics are spruced up a well bit. you know if they're showing re replay footage like replay mode is typically heavier than the gameplay right yeah, and the replays here are all 60 FPS and look really smooth. I guess the what you're talking about relates to more like when they did the Forza Horizon 5 Lego stuff, right? Uh, they yeah. in introduced reflections that weren't possible in the actual <laughs> game at the time. And yeah, I just so don't they're trust like layering it. stuff on that you're kind of like, is this really like actually representative? Of that what was we're uh, see? Hot is Wheels, I think, right? Hot Wheels, yeah. yeah. Hot oh, yeah, not Lego. <laughs> Same difference. I was thinking of Lego Two K Drive, okay? <laughs> yeah. Lego Two K Drive, and Lego is also in four. Yes, it's Hot yes. Wheels. That's what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, like, is do we know? Was this Xbox footage? Was this PC footage? I can't tell you. So not, that's the one failing of the conference yeah. is not labeling the footage in a good... It, they, it's way better than before, but it's, yeah, the, say the platform it's running Yeah, the, the label for this one was just in-game footage, which does not tell right. you a ton, unfortunately. Which, you know, and for Fable, for instance, afterwards, some uh, folks from Playground actually confirmed that, yeah, this is captured from Xbox Series X. So Sick. why didn't they put Series X capture in the in the label, right? Mm -hmm. So with Forza, we're left kind of wondering, like, what is this? Because I would say it looks 
it looks quite good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. a very beautiful looking game. The the one thing that is new about this one, uh, the one new piece of information is that the release date is on October tenth, and and I'm going to walk you through oh, a God. very scary ten days for us. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Please all. Around. Okay, on October tenth. 2023, Forza Motorsport. October 12th, Assassin's Creed Mirage. October 13th, Lords of the Fallen. October 17th, Alan Wake 2. October 20th, Jesus Spider-Man Christ. 2. So that's that's oh my God. five huge I have no idea how we're going to do that I, in 10 days. I'm going to raise my hand right now and say I will probably tackle Forza and Spider-Man myself. Because Alan Wake on PC for me, I know that. For for, the reason I want to do Forza is like I feel like people are anticipating the return of Gran Turismo versus Forza. Oh yeah, like I did with GT Sport versus Forza Seven. So I would be remiss if I didn't do a GT Seven versus Forza Motorsport Eight, right? Like it needs to happen after that. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna throw down with that and see how it, how it compares. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's Forza and a scary release time for us. My God. <laughs> and then that was, that was followed up with the Elder Scrolls online journey to Necrom. Uh, I mean, that game makes some serious money. So what can I say? I, I know why it's here. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it feels like not the much- audience of the show. Do they care? I mean, let's just say that. Okay. I'm not super interested in these RPGs, MMORPGs anymore. But kudos to Microsoft that they actually show off a variety of genres of games. They showed a simulation game. They showed games that are like art, you know, RTS element games. This is like an audience because Xbox is no longer just the console. That's that's a good point, Alex. I you know PCs there too. When you put it that way, I agree. Bravo. That's that's pretty cool. I'll give them credit Mm -hmm. for that. They're showing all kinds of stuff, including something we'll get later too. That's a simulation. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then they followed that up with Overwatch Two invasion and i don't know oliver do you, well actually either do either of you know anything about i've i don't play overwatch i've never played overwatch uh i'm not interested in it at all but i so i'm hoping somebody one of you guys knows overwatch uh, no. i played <laughs> oliver i played a decent bit of overwatch like geez probably six years ago uh it's been out for a long time obviously the, the, well, this is Overwatch Two. Well, it's, it had a rough launch, from what I understand. It's Overwatch Two, yeah. but it's it's Overwatch. You know, it's it's very similar. Uh, so, what do you know? What this invasion thing is? What is invasion? I, you know, I don't know anything about it. The, the only thing that I gleaned from this trailer is they're bringing Overwatch to Toronto. <laughs> I guess that oh, their cool. new map is Toronto, which is I don't know, sort of bizarre. Why not? <laughs> it's not really like a big cosmopolitan city, but uh, you know, that's interesting, uh, I suppose. Okay. So, in addition, at towards the end of the trailer, it says Overwatch 2, a new adventure begins. And when you use the word adventure, you kind of think of like more of a single player thing. Like I wouldn't consider an arena match an adventure. So are they <laughs> well, indicating that there's more to this than what they're, Overwatch they're, typically has? Or is it just, are they just being loose with the word? Some sort of co-op aspect is in here, but I honestly, I'm sorry. I'm completely out of the loop with this. The big wow. question though is one, does this have... A, does this have seasons? Can somebody confirm or deny? Is this a game yeah. with seasons? Yeah. Okay, so this has seasons. Uh, is this a game with battle passes? Probably, John. Uh, does it have battle passes? There are loot boxes. I don't know about battle passes. Uh, oh, no. Okay, well, uh, loot boxes. Because there's like, there's, there's like a new genre of games that's basically like season battle pass loot box games. 
<laughs> is the way I look at it. Where like those are the things that's the whole game is just like you do some kind of thing, which may be shooting or clicking or whatever, but the whole point of the game is to do is it's to the battle play pass. different is the different seasons, the battle pass, and the loot. And you got that, you got a winner. So if <laughs> yeah. Overwatch is missing, I don't know. It better have battle passes because that's that's the that's the hotness. Do you know what else is hot? Well, sort of. I don't know. Kinda. Atlas comes back, and this <laughs> time with Persona Five Tactica, which conceptually sounds pretty awesome. I love these tactics games. Uh, visually, though, uh, maybe it's just me, but I'm not a huge fan of these weird chibi designs they've created. It kind of makes me. I mean, it's not the same style, but when I see this, I think, oh, I'm thinking Funko Pops, you know, yeah. like it's just that kind of like proportion, weird proportion characters. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah. <laughs> Oliver. I mean, the older Persona games and older Atlas games did have this, but that was more of a limitation of the like PS2 era hardware that they just. Yeah, but not quite like this. Right, right. This like, is this is more the... much more exaggerated. Yeah. Um, but still, it's another Atlas get. Which is cool. Yeah, I I think from a visual perspective too, just on top of the chibi stuff, like it looks pretty basic. There's a lot of low res textures. The character models are pretty simple. There's like not much in the way of normal maps. Uh, I have no idea what engine it's running on. It could be Unreal. I mean, it it wouldn't be totally inconceivable that it could be Unity either. Um, yeah. But oh uh, yeah. But to me, I. You know, I think it's cool because it kind of looks like it's sort of an XCOM-style game. There's turn-based gameplay, which is kind of oriented around a grid system. You have characters that are taking cover. Uh, I think it could be cool. M my only caveat is there's a ton of Persona 5 spinoffs at the moment, like Persona 5 Dancing, Persona 5 Royal, Persona 5 Strikers, and there's a oh my God. Chinese exclusive mobile game called Persona 5 The Phantom X. And they've kind of screwed with the chronology where they added some characters in some games that don't show up in games that are supposed to be subsequent to that and things like this. They've kind of, I, I just think they should leave it alone and move on to other, you know, other pastures <laughs> at this point. That's my only complaint. But I think it looks cool. Like, I think tactics games are awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you know what else looks awesome is the next game. And this was, I thought, one of the most striking games shown. And it comes to us from Don't Nod Again. Uh, they just showed off Banisher's Ghost of New Eden at Jeffcon, right? Mm. And then they're back here with another game called Jusson, which uh, seems to be a strand game. <laughs> it is a strand genre game. Oh, my God. Uh, it's like a climbing adventure mysterious kind of thing, but the visual design, the atmosphere that it seemed to be going for looks absolutely sublime. I really like the look of this a lot. And also, mm. when they would zoom in on the character model, you get these really super sharp shadows, self-shadows. Yeah. Yeah. Which was uh, really good looking, assuming that's actual in-game footage, mind you. I, I, I think this is a UE5 game, actually. Yeah, uh, there's so much like beautiful indirect lighting going on. Just like the yeah. hues of the desert sand sort of reflecting and bouncing around uh, all those different areas. It just looks awesome. So this could very well be an UE5 game taking full advantage of at least many aspects of the engine. Yeah, and the thing I also like is, so we don't see it too often, but it's just like vertex colors. <laughs> I don't even yeah. know if there are, I don't even know if there are textures in the game. Uh, and that is really awesome. I love games that go for that uh, look and yeah, uh, cool. And another strand type game. I mean, John and I have complained in the past about how open worlds are just like, you go from mission giver to quest zone and you turn on your 
Arkham Detective Vision and you complete the quest and go back and whatever. But if it's a game all about traversal and that is the gameplay itself, well, then it's fun in its own right going places and seeing places. That's exactly what's missing in so many open world games is like there's no purpose to your time in the world in many cases. Mm. And by creating the challenge of navigation, they've built something that's more compelling, especially with scenery like this, right? Like it's really Mm -hmm. interesting to explore. Uh, And also, hot news tip, there is a demo out on Steam right now. Holy moly. So I am am downloading it, and we're going to check it out, see how that looks. Uh, So that's good. So yeah, that game looks awesome. Uh, The next one was something called Still Wakes the Deep. Oh, it's from the... This is the one by the Chinese Room. They were the guys that did Everyone's Gone to the Rapture, I believe. Yeah, and also, was it... Did they do Dear Esther? They may... Uh, is that them? Let me, a, <laughs> don't like me make up stuff here. Uh, I, yes, I yeah, it is. Been, it is. Yeah, from, yeah. It is yeah. They did something called Little Orpheus. Apparently, I I, I need to see that. what that is. I have never heard of this. Oh wait, no, it is actually out on consoles. Oh, it came. Okay, I see why it came out on Apple Arcade in 2020, but then two years later it came out on consoles, and that's mm. must have gotten swept swept under the rug. Uh, I guess we'll have to check that out. I'm curious, but anyway, so, what do you th- what do you think about this? I think it's awesome because, um, well, I like I like creepy things, and this game just looks full on creepy the entire time. So, uh, like things that are creepy, outer space, scary. Yep. Underwater, scary. So, <laughs> I'm really cool oil with rig. Abandoned oil rig, scary. <laughs> In the 1970s, apparently, something like that. Uh, that's really cool. Um. And I think one thing that John talked about, well, Dear Esther, as well as um, Everyone's Gone to the Rapture, is all those games, and I, this one I imagine will be too, based on the visuals here, is they kind of have like really good usage of like the tech of the time. Dear Esther yep. was like super high res source looking game. Um, Everyone's Gone to the Rapture was CryEngine, oddly it enough. It was, yeah, and, I know. And this is, I'm, I'm going to imagine this is Unreal. Uh, and it's yeah. going to be pushing like super high detailed assets like right in front of the character because it's a first person game and you need that kind of stuff. So I'm excited to see how it is visually, gameplay wise. Um, their games are usually just kind of walking around, interacting with the environment. It's not a lot of direct actionable gameplay um, in that sense, but it, atmospheric stuff is it's also good. It's basically like a modern take on Mist. Yeah, it is a lot more like that. It's a good point. Which is fine. I like those games. Mm hmm. So, okay, that that's a good-looking one. Uh, this one, I know, from what I remember, this was the game that Oliver was most hyped about. He just would not stop talking about it. <laughs> Dungeons what? of Hinterburg. No. Oliver, tell us why you're so excited. Oh, uh, not oh, quite. Sorry. I got that wrong. <laughs> jo- yeah. No, we're not, we're not, we're not uh, joking on this. Actually, the art style <laughs> looks awesome. It just uh, it runs very bad in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. it does. Well, Right. Yeah. All, all, all kidding aside, uh, it does run very poorly. Um, I I think that there are some aspects of it that that I was not in love with. Like it looks very noisy. I found uh, the image yeah, does look it's... very noisy. I kind of wonder if maybe the texture details a bit excessive for the kind of line art stuff they're doing. And if you look mm-hmm. into detail, there's like a lot of weird shimmering, almost like kind of posterization. You get all these weird artifacts. And um, I did yeah. I did a bit of looking into this, and this is running on Unity. So, um, oh I, wow, uh, oh. that's interesting. So that's, it's the wow. only Unity game in this presentation. Um, I just hope they're able to bring performance up, and maybe 
they should like I don't know simplify I don't I'd simplify the texture work get it kind of in a in a zone where you get less of that annoying visual noise at a distance because I think the game would benefit from it just a simpler scaling back I, of all that. I think a solution to this visual problem could be like a nice depth of field. Like, not a heavy one, but for far distance stuff, you know, do a little depth of field, give it a slight tilt shift look that might work with the aesthetic, or at no. least change some, because that wouldn't require, like, changing assets or, like, anything like that, right? Yeah. But there's there's other ways you could improve it as well, I'd imagine. So, looking at the trailer, uh, it is presenting as 4K here, but I think the trailer is actually 1080p. Um, and one thing that I'm noticing is that just, like, even very basic camera movement is causing aliasing on every single yeah thing. i don't think this is taa i think nope. it's like fxaa or something like that uh and which would help explain whatever oliver's seeing as well there too but even then dialing back the textures is one way to make it not so noisy so yeah why not yeah so strange little game and cool so one, one of the comments we made earlier there about yes the the trailer performance is is not good uh and I think we understand that when a game is still in development, it's not always going to show at, at a great frame rate, right? But I do kind of, I usually would like to think that when showcasing a smaller game, especially, they would want to at least render it out in a way that the presentation is smooth in the trailer, provided they believe they can get to that level of performance. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, this is a small indie game and they're showing it running poorly. And I feel like that could potentially make a bad impression, even if the final game ends up running great. So something to consider there. Yeah. Uh, and then this was followed by a showcase of Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, which uh, they brought Keanu back to the stage and he seemed to be slightly unwell or talking in a very strange fashion. I was a little bit confused by his delivery. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing too. I actually got I, I got the mental image of Keanu Reeves being called up on the phone and being told to say lines and with little note to no context. I don't know if that's just because his character at this point in the game is like just fed up with the world or something like that. Um, yeah. But it, it, yeah, the line delivery left a bit to be desired in the trailer. But Still, the rest of the trailer, yeah. though, the, the, the rest of the voice acting is great. I really prefer female V's voice actor to the male one, <laughs> um, who I think she sounds awesome. Uh, and the rest, of the interesting part of this, too, is we're seeing this actually Xbox Series X quality settings. I don't know why they didn't just run it on an Xbox Series X, but um, it's good that at least they're being representative here of what you should expect right. visually, maybe not performance-wise, but visually of what you get out of uh but uh, hey, we game. all know that this should support overdrive, I'd imagine, right? And that's, oh, yeah. That's well, what so, we really want to see. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like the one thing is like there, this is also a next gen only expansion pack, current gen only expansion pack, yeah, yeah. excuse mm -hmm. me. And the, the, one of the things that you could probably level against um, the original Cyberpunk 2077 is it is, it totally overshot the last generation consoles. That's why it runs oh, yeah. so poorly. But, like they still had to make sure it actually ran there. So there would be still limitations to a certain degree. And here with Phantom Liberty, since it's a new zone, and apparently they've done a lot of work on the base game for Phantom Liberty, like they're gonna actually be changing up like a lot of the open world aspects of the original zone you can go to uh, from the first game or from that pre-expansion pack game, that they're probably gonna be actually amping up some of the aspects of the visuals for Phantom so, Liberty, since it doesn't have to run on those pieces it's a situation similar to Horizon Forbidden West, where the Burning Shores add-on was 
not created for PS4. And as a result, they were able to push the visuals out in some interesting ways beyond what I think would have been feasible on PS4. So it's kind of the same thing here. All I can say, though, is seeing this trailer, I kept thinking like uh, I was watching this with a friend last night and we were joking over the idea that hopefully once the modding community gets their hands on this game, they'll be able to replace Idris Elba, who's in this game, with uh, a giant Knuckles model. <laughs> well, because of Knuckles. Because of Idris From Elba. the films, yeah. Like, you know, I feel like the modding community almost owes it to the world to deliver this, and I look forward to seeing Knuckles in Cyberpunk. Yeah. So let's go. Sure. To, to dovetail, uh, <laughs> to dovetail <laughs> not so much with John's comment, but with what Alex was talking about, about the ditching <laughs> last-gen systems, I'm not sure if you saw this, Alex, but uh, CD Projekt posted a very interesting update which i'll post in the chat here basically what they've done is they're dropping support on pc for hard drives which i think is very sick that's awesome <laughs> and also updating the game system requirements to i think increase it a little bit across the board so i thought that was interesting they say that the, oh i did not see that the game will continue that's running awesome. on hard drives but they're no longer validating um updated versions of the game and it might you know presumably might not run so well after certain updates on hard drive based Man. systems and they might remove that weird hard drive toggle option that you remember mm -hmm. alex so i think that's yeah. cool too oh wow i had no idea that was a thing i'm really happy you said this to me i mean that could imply a lot of things it could yeah they're not going to validate it but if they are doing that, one of the things that was really common on the last gen consoles that Tom would always put on his footage was that you'd like walk up to someone and they, it would like 10 to 15 seconds later that their model would load in, like at a higher detail. And, you know, that'd be awesome to see them maybe push even SSDs even harder in the new version of the game. Because the game really does kind of require it for like a lot of the open world streaming, for sure. All right. No, nice. Well. Mm -hmm. Since we're talking PC, it only makes sense to go on to the next game, which is City Skyline 2, with a very nice epic trailer, I would say, that showcases uh, some beautiful vistas. And yeah. City Skylines has kind of become the replacement for uh, SimCity, unfortunately, yeah. for SimCity. <laughs> and it's largely considered the superior modern city builder. And it's, yeah, nice, it really it's nice to see this here. It looks like they've made some big strides in terms of the visual quality. And I mean, you know what this game's gonna be. It is basically a SimCity kind of game. Yeah, and you know, like one of the things, you know, they they kind of like straddle the line between realism and like sci-fi. I feel a little bit yeah, in the games, yeah. and uh, this looks very much the same there. And uh, the one thing, obviously, I, I haven't played City Skyline since it really came out. Actually, I don't know if there's like a humor angle in the game at all, like SimCity. Uh, you know, like SimCity can be kind of pretty humorous right, how right. The, the cities evolve and the random stuff that happens. Uh, but if that is or is not here, I would like to actually see it because I do actually think it's kind of funny. Not when Godzilla attacks or UFOs attack, but, you know, if like humorous, like waste disposable, waste disposal things can occur in the game, I'd like that. Indeed. No, this mm -hmm. one seems to a little bit be a little more buttoned up in general. Mm -hmm. So, but still. Cool. It look, Love looks, it. Looks good. I'm glad that they showed a game like this at the Xbox showcase. It's nice to see. Ah, uh, but then we get to the, the big unexpected announcement of the night, I think, which was uh metaphor refantasio. Like what a name. Uh, but it seems to be a new, it's not persona. It's not Shin Megami Tensei, <laughs> but it's kind of both. Maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> it uh, seems to have a lot of 
Oh, I mean, Oliver, why don't you take this away? Because I know you're the, you're yeah. the big fan of these on here anyway. It was actually announced all the way back in 2016 as Project Re-Fantasy. But I guess they've... Oh, rena- I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. They've renamed it. And obviously, that was so, so long ago. So, yeah, it basically is a new announcement as far as I'm concerned. Um, like a lot of wow. Atlas titles, I think the big visual takeaway is the 2D artwork and the menus look really, really good. In in this game, there's like a gothic style. They're going for more of a fantasy vibe to it, which is really cool. I love the way they've laid out like the main menus and all that stuff. The one caveat, uh, and it is a big one, is as I was going through the trailer, you know, very carefully, I did notice that if you look through the text, you can spot a lot of elements that look extremely similar to the Persona games, like extremely similar. So there's a calendar... There's a turn-based combat with four-person parties, some kind of attribute system, a fusion system for creating archetypes, and a lot of other things that just look like map almost directly onto Persona. So I really suspect this is going to be very similar to those games in gameplay terms, which I would have loved to see more of a break from. And then the only other thing is that in terms of the 3D, I don't think it's doing anything extraordinary. The character designs look cool. The environmental art looks okay here, but like nothing extraordinary. And it is... Uh, a current gen only title. I'm not really seeing anything that would, uh, you know, push current gen hardware at all. But uh, mm-hmm. I think I think it's a really cool game. I think what they're doing with it is uh, really interesting. Um, even if it, it does end up being very similar to Persona, which I suspect, based on uh, on the number of commonalities to Persona, which is itself quite a unique game series, that it's going to be quite similar. You know, beyond that, just the fact that they got this as a day one kind of Xbox game. It really shows how strong the relationship between Microsoft and Sega Atlas has become. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of, that's exactly the, t- the types of things that we wanted to see uh, on the Xbox side of things. And, and something they've struggled with is getting that solid Japanese support. Again, they've had solid Japanese support in the past. Even the original Xbox, you know, it had some amazing stuff. Xbox 360, there was a ton of it, but then it just sort of fell by the wayside during the Xbox One era. And it really feels like they're trying to get that back. So that's good. It's good. Um, but then we have just uh, a few more things to discuss for this showcase, I guess. And the next one is something called Towerborn, which almost feels like the name of a fake game. Yes, it does. Like, <laughs> uh, this. Sure. I don't know what to make of this. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is from the Banner Saga people, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, have either of you guys played the Banner Saga? I have not. I'm unfamiliar with it. This, I don't this know is not very similar to the Banner Saga. <laughs> it does not seem to be. No. Uh, a positive thing to say is I really like the background art. Uh, when oh, yeah. The 2D plane. Very cool. It does 2D parallax, Studio Ghibli looking backgrounds there. Uh, I like it. Uh, I have no idea. Gameplay looks like a co-op kind of. Yeah. Like, what do they call those? Like, beat them up kind of like castle crashers or something like that yeah castle crashes yeah. is what came to mind actually so that's a good point yeah that's what it looks like to me mm-hmm. yeah so not not the most exciting for us i suppose i think uh, the but then the cell yeah, shading looks super clean um it does it looks it looks visually nice yeah and the background i think is good my only kind of point of contention here with respect to what we're seeing so far is that it is all at 30 it seems like so, mm-hmm. you know, but but I mean, this kind of game, I, I would really kind of expect that the final version would operate probably at a higher frame rate on console. But um, it, do, it does look really good. I, I just hope that, I mean, that, that aspect of it, I think will probably be sorted out. Absolutely. Um, 
And then we get to uh, Bioshock Infinite <laughs> 2. Oh, sorry. I mean, it's a Clockwork Revolution mm-hmm. from In Exile, interestingly enough. And it's hard to take away. I mean, it's it's honestly really striking how Bioshock Infinite this looks. You know what I mean? Like, this looks... It, I mean, this is basically the exact same aesthetic as Bioshock Infinite to the point where it's a little bit uh, surprising, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but I guess in it's... But well, make, makes some really good stuff, so I, well, I expect it'll be have more depth at least. So so the one thing about the Bioshock Infinite art style, to just not to defend in Exile here or anything like that, but it is literally just steampunk. Like yeah. it is like turn of the century steampunk, and so it's an it's entire just, genre well, actually, almost at that point. It just looks very much pretty, like yeah. it's not just steampunk though. It's it has this kind of airy. It looks like it's set in a sky city somehow, even though I suspect it's not. Yeah, no, way, it's not like, that in a sky city. No. There, there are but, some um, uh, common elements that aren't necessarily just steampunk or retrofuturism. Like you have those overhead rail lines, which are very distinctive yeah, in Bioshock Infinite. And they're here, mm. slightly different form. You have trains running through them instead of the main character with this. I mean, it's it's very similar, I think. Well, I mean, Bioshock Infinite had the trains. Yeah, yeah, well, that's right? true. I mean, they looked a little different, it but just... it's so it's so close. And then you also it's have the fantastical concept. weapons and kind of magic-y stuff. And yeah, <laughs> looks very. Well, similar. if you want to enjoy this, then uh, I'll also drop this in our chat. Uh, YouTube identifies videos oh, yeah. based upon oh, their content, yeah. and it's actually yeah. at the bottom of the trailer. It I identifies it as Bioshock <laughs> Infinite, which is very funny. Uh, like I, one thing is like I like their games in Exiles game. Yeah, I, like I Waste, agree. I like Wasteland and stuff. So this is a very different perspective than the ones they've done in the past. Like first person, apparently also RPG. This is one thing the Shock games don't actually have our RPG elements. No, not really. Uh, no, they're not. They're not RPGs. So if this is actually an RPG, that could be really cool. Cause then it'd be going in the more classical Shock route instead of uh, whatever Bioshock Infinite was. Right, uh, but I mean, also we, on yeah. a, in addition, they show that section around one minute 30 in the trailer where he destroys a bridge with some nice looking destruction work but then rewinds time. So there seems to be a time travel aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps they're also showing different iterations of the future, suggesting like you maybe have some kind of major impact on what happens to this world, which again could dig into those RPG mechanics. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to gauge exactly what this is going to be. I, but in exiles name on it does excite me. I will say. Oh yeah. For mm-hmm. sure. And in so, terms of uh, engine technology, not there's much suspense, but this is Unreal, and they do say UE5, so... Of course. Yeah, of yeah. course. And that's funny. Bioshock Infinite was still derived from Unreal Engine 3, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And this doesn't... I wouldn't say that this looks that much better visually, but again, I don't think we really expect that from InXile either. Well, I mean, you got to go back to Bioshock Infinite. Like, that game, like, if you go and play it right, right now, but it, if, is, it looks so 2009 It does. Even though it came out in 2011 or whatever. Somebody that worked on Bioshock Infinite was posting a bunch of uh, sc- direct comparison screenshots. And when you see them side by side, it's like, oh, this really looks, you know, similar. Yeah, so, but not in terms of engine tech. No, not like, in terms of engine no. tech. No. I do think that uh, Bioshock Infinite was probably a, a bit more stylized than this, if, if I was going yeah, to yeah, yeah, defend it. It was more pushing <laughs> for realism. Yeah. yeah. 
So then after that, I guess Phil came out wearing a Hexen t-shirt, which was awesome. Because mm-hmm. Phil doesn't just tease things for no reason, right? He has a history of teasing things that do eventually come to pass. So I have some hope that some sort of Hexen project is in the works. I would love a two-pronged approach with a complete new entry as well as a proper remaster of all the Hexen games. But who knows if that would actually happen. Uh, but still, that's cool. And then that was actually followed up with the announcement of a black Xbox Series S console with a one terabyte SSD selling for three forty nine. dollars uh, And there is something slightly, I don't know, odd about the console that's getting the first revision is the S, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just storage, right? There's nothing else that has changed here. It's just storage in the casing. But... You know, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, for me, yeah, I would have actually liked to have seen uh, what they can do for the Xbox Series X. Uh, because, you know, obviously it's chunky in its own right. And maybe iterating on that with a different design would have been really cool. It also implies a little bit, like we've known for a while, John, that they're just pushing for the digital future. Uh, all digital future. And this is yeah. not a Xbox Series S with a, with a Blu-ray drive. So Yeah, that was actually more of that. what I... I, I know it's not necessary for me, but I was kind of hoping that they would spin it around and it has a, a disk drive on there. But that is so outside of what they want to do with Series yeah. S. So I get it. I get it. I think the black color looks awesome. I think that it's like all black. Unlike the kind of two-toned look that you have with the quote-unquote white Series S with the black uh, uh, black fan yeah. cover. Um, I think it looks awesome. My My kind of contention here, though, is that when you do start to increase that price in the Series S with more storage, it starts to get into the territory of unflattering comparisons. First of all, obviously with the Series X, which is 150 USD more, which is not an enormous amount more, you know? Um, And then also, especially with the PS5 Digital, which is only 50 bucks more for an enormously more powerful machine with, uh, I guess, very slightly less storage, <laughs> but but in every other yeah. respect, you know, it's it's a much more powerful system. So I, I think that getting that price up starts to push you into more unflattering comparisons in a way that's not, yeah, you know. I feel like, and I don't know that they could support this so easily, but I feel like the, the major announcement, the big play would have been to say, here's the new one terabyte Series S for $299. The original Series S is now $249. Yeah. That would have like made some waves, right? It's a game changer, I think, with that price. Big time. Yeah. But I get it. Component costs everything. It's it's crazy right now. Uh, but still mm-hmm. interesting announcement. But of course the big game of the show and we're not going to get into that here necessarily other than maybe some quick first impressions. It was the Starfield stuff. Uh Starfield Direct and they were very serious about that and I have to say that they did a really great job with that presentation. And I look forward to sort of breaking it down in another video because there was a ton of depth there. That is absolutely like, that's one of the best game presentations I think I've seen in a long time in terms of spelling out exactly what their goals are, showcasing how all the different features work. It gives you a very clear picture of what that game is. And obviously that's not viable for all games. You got to be a certain level of, of, you know, Something like that, like a Bethesda Game Studio kind of release. It's the same kind of thing I could see, not that they need to, but Rockstar, if they did a GTA 6 reveal, you know, they they could they could drag it out as long as they want and do whatever and just show it off. This is one of those games. It's a huge game. And, I mean, 
again, we'll talk about the game, uh, but they also showcased the new controller, the headset, and everything as well, and the watch. And I really like the industrial design on the Starfield-related products. It's the first time where I looked at, like, a special controller and thought, you know what? I wouldn't mind buying that. I like the way <laughs> that looks. Even the headset. The headset, like, stylistic, stylistically, looks neat. It's, like, a really sleek design. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the stuff that they're showing off. And I, I, I never buy these kind of like game specific accessories, but that stuff looks awesome. I don't know what you guys think. It's the color scheme, man. That it's so good. They, they said they're going for NASA punk, and I think they actually yeah. nailed, they so, nailed it. Like, in terms of like the trailer, like there's a lot to talk about that we're going to have to do in another separate video from this because it was just so long and we couldn't give it, you know, the proper depth that we'd want to talk about. But I want to say that I think. Uh, something that a lot, a lot of the games that we saw in this presentation were going for like fantastical or sci-fi fantasy like Star Wars is. Mm-hmm. And actually, I thought a lot of uh, what they showed off in um, Starfield here looked very grounded. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to do with material choices. It's so good. And it's not overly busy. It's just busy enough. It's, you know, like it has a little bit of retrofuturism in it at the same time because it's like 70s or maybe early 80s NASA. And uh, I just like the, the way this, the ships and all the guns look and everything. And the color scheme is just yeah. great. So, so this is the first time I would say that a Bethesda game looks genuinely beautiful. Yeah, it's been a while. I don't think that most of their prior games look very good. Like, I, I really don't. They never got that down. They were okay, I suppose, mm-hmm. at best. But they were pretty ugly in a lot of ways. But we're beloved for what they did from a gameplay perspective. I think Starfield looks genuinely beautiful. I love the designs on display here. Just, it's it's an awesome-looking game. Yeah, um, and actually, if you go back to the uh, trailer that came out last year, it does seem like in some of the same locations they've actually made pretty yep. big improvements to the the way shadows look, to the the density of some of the environments, to the lighting. It's all kind of they've they've really pushed it forward, and I think it looks like a Absolutely. lot better in this showing yeah, than it I ever agree. has before. So I'm really impressed with what they're doing, and I hope the game comes out in a really polished state. Todd Howard even mentioned on a Q&A session, I guess, that uh, id Software helped them with the motion blur implementation. <laughs> Promising. Which is, cool. uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, was, there is motion blur in here for a change, which is, again, something that had been absent from prior games created by Bethesda Game Studios. But, yeah, we shouldn't get too into the weeds on this. There's so much <laughs> to say about Starfield, both from a technical standpoint, a gameplay standpoint, all of this stuff. There, it mm-hmm. looks to be something genuinely special. And again, I'm not somebody that's really into open world stuff anymore, but this is the first time where I look at like the possibilities, what you can do and go and get actually excited about that. Yeah. It's been I, a long time. I, like, I get many Mass Effect vibes here with regards to side missions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> both may be good and bad because they say like a thousand worlds. And that makes me roll my eyes at the same time as maybe me being like, Maybe they did something interesting there. Maybe it's not just procedurally yeah. generated nothing, you know. As, as I tweeted out uh, earlier this week, though, I feel like the ultimate Easter egg still would be uh, to integrate some of their prior game maps into this into specific planets. <laughs> like, I love the idea of crash landing on this, like, remote little planet, and then you pass out. And then when you open your eyes, you're riding in the car from Skyrim. 
and then they go through that whole intro the dragon comes and then you escape from that whole introduction sequence and get back to your ship and yeah. leave <laughs> imagine if they did one but, planet that's just daggerfall the whole daggerfall map dude like <laughs> yes in the original like pixel art style and everything yeah, yeah. like there could be some like the game seems to be taking itself pretty seriously of course but i would love to see easter eggs like that and honestly with a thousand planets surely they thought of something like this uh or you know of course they did it's just a question of whether they were able to implement it or not right but obviously <laughs> there'll be so much more to say but i think the takeaway here is that we all pretty much enjoyed that show it was probably the best show xbox has put on uh since i started working for digital foundry yeah this is the best thing they've done in the last 10 years i would say just in terms of like showing good stuff and it's they they fixed some of the problems we had at their presentation uh a lot of great games shown just a lot of promise here really really enjoyable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh just to echo what john said like uh i think it's good to show off the starfield in an aspect like this i think the only thing i would have wished here is that instead of like all the trailers before it maybe there were two other presentations of like slightly shorter length that they don't need to be so epic as this but like maybe we could actually get a bit better sense of what the heck hellblade 2 is um yeah with with a better with a longer form video on the same time as we're showing off starfield but they were going to be doing that today apparently so one thing i just want to say is like yeah we shouldn't take too much from just one of these big conferences because they honestly e3 was so problematic but the thing it did get right was that it was a multi-day event so you got more out of it mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. right well anyway that's going to do it for this uh, special episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it as we kind of went through all of the trailers in this. Um, and we'll be back shortly with another discussion on Starfield. The Star We'll be doing a DF Direct on the Starfield Direct. Lots of good <laughs> stuff to come. Boy, I wish we could convince Todd Howard to join us on here. Maybe that could Maybe happen. one day. No, I'm not teasing it because it's not going to happen. But still. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for watching. And uh, from us to you, we love you guys. And we'll see you next time.